bombers into the British and American embassies. There had been suicide bombings in several towns and cities, including the new Kurdish capital, the city of Van. The independent Republic of Kurdistan was in chaos, and British troops had been called in to help keep the peace. And to wipe out the rebels. We're soldiers, Sergeant, said Captain Carr. It's not up to us to ask why we have to do something, we just do it. So come on, let's get going again. He ordered the men to get back on their feet. The patrol marched onward. An hour passed, and Hammond began to feel uneasy. The silence had grown deeper. The wind had dropped. The sleet still fell like icy needles, but it was as though the mountains were holding their breath, waiting for something to happen. Hammond told himself that it was just because he was tired. His brain was fuzzy after a week without a proper night's sleep. He was starting to see things that weren't there. But still, he couldn't shake off the feeling that someone was watching the patrol. He seemed to sense eyes peering down from the crags above. Someone was following the patrol's progress. Someone knew the soldiers were there and was lying in wait for them. Hammond should have said something about this to Captain Carr, but he knew what would happen if he did. Carr would laugh at him and tell him not to be foolish. The boss wasn't the kind of man who paid much attention to funny feelings. He put his faith in things he could feel and touch. In that respect, he was typical of anyone who had trained at Sandhurst. There, at the Royal Military Academy, they turned out officers who did everything by the book. But Hammond thought they also turned out officers who didn't have any common sense or any instinct for danger. Unless Hammond could prove that there was someone up there watching, Carr would never believe him. And Hammond couldn't prove it. He wasn't even 100% sure of it himself. He only had his gut to go on, and his gut was telling him that the rebels were hiding close by. The patrol was going to engage with the enemy very soon. He gripped his rifle hard. The soldiers reached the top of a sharp ridge. At their feet lay a long V-shaped valley. Carr told one of the men, Private Andrews, to check their position with his GPS unit. Andrews looked at the screen of his little handheld device. He said, Yep, I've managed to pinpoint where we are. If this is right, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. The others chuckled. Their laughter rolled down into the valley with an echo like faint thunder. That's enough of that, said Carr with a flicker of a smile. Send a note of our position back to base. Then we head down that way. He pointed toward the bottom of the valley. Hammond looked. It was very narrow down there. The steep sides of the valley were studded with rocks and thorny trees. The rocks were large enough for men to hide behind. The trees, too. Sir... I'm not sure that's such a good idea, Hammond said to Carr. Carr frowned. What do you mean? If you'll excuse me, the bottom of that valley is the perfect spot for an ambush. We should avoid it and go around the top. I hear what you say, Sergeant Hammond, said Carr. However, down through the valley is the fastest route, not to mention the simplest. If we go around the top, it'll mean going an extra three or four kilometres. But, sir, the extra distance doesn't matter, said Hammond. It's not as if we're in a hurry to get somewhere. This is a search mission, not a race. True, 
said Carr. So let's search through the valley. That's an order. But, sir, that's an order, said Carr again. Hammond bit his lip. There was no point arguing. The boss had made up his mind. They would just have to live with it. The patrol set off down into the valley, single file. Hammond switched his SA-80 from safety to triple-shot mode. Fear prickled through his body. He prayed that he was wrong. He prayed that his feeling of being watched was all in his mind. But he couldn't help picturing the rebels in his mind. They were lying silent and still among the rocks and trees. They had AK-47s in their hands and the British soldiers in their sights. He saw their dusty, drab clothes and turbans, perfect cover in this kind of country. These were men who could merge with the mountains they lived in, vanishing into the landscape. A bead of sweat trickled down his spine.